Welcome to the Fueled AF podcast, where we educate you on ways to fuel your mind, body, and soul. We're your hosts, Alex and Avery. Now let's jump in. What is up, you guys? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Fueled AF podcast. We are back, baby. <laughs> Woo, back with literally with a baby. Yes, literally. (laughs) Yeah, it's been about a month, you guys. We are finally back. I had a baby. Avery got like, you know, went on a long vacation. We're just, we're feeling motivated. I'm excited to be back to podcasting. I actually missed it a lot. So this is, this will be a good one. Um, But yeah, lots of things have happened. So I had a baby a few weeks ago, almost four weeks ago. This actually, by the time you guys are listening to this, I will have a four week old, which is so crazy. Um. And yeah, like I said, we're just kind of back. Is there anything new with you that you wanted to touch on, Avery, before we get into it? I mean, nothing that nothing as exciting as your news. Yeah, I did go <laughs> on a, vac- a vacation. So I was gone for about like almost three weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, took a little bit of time off from work, which was like so strange. I'm sure it's like, I mean, obviously you have a lot to fill your time with now, but like it was just so weird not like yeah. messaging my clients and checking in with people. But um, yeah, I've really, I have really, like, I didn't really think about it until like these last couple of days where I'm like, oh, it's going to be really fun to like record a podcast and sit down and chat. So yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, the title of the episode obviously tells you guys that we have a Q&A for you. We thought this would be just kind of a fun, easy episode uh, episode to come back to. Um, we say this in every Q&A that we do, but like these episodes always end up a little bit longer than we expect. So we will see how it goes. I think we have just under 20 questions on here from you guys over on IG. So I guess let's kind of dive into it just because like I said, these episodes tend to go a little bit longer than we expect. And they're kind of all out of order, you guys. Um, just kind of random spitfire questions. So let's kick it off with the first one. Somebody asked how to be in a calorie deficit. So I feel like this, I, I don't know if this question is like, how should I be in a calorie deficit or like how to be in a calorie deficit period, I guess. But do you want to go ahead and kind of kick it off with that? Yeah, so, I mean, I assume that this person probably means like you know, how do I start that? Like if I'm just maintaining my weight, right. I assume that this person knows, you know, in order to lose weight, I have to be in a calorie deficit. So how do I do that? Like, how do I actually happen? Um, so I guess kind of the simple answer would be if you don't already know your like maintenance intake or how much you're eating right now, you would want to figure that out. So you can just track for like a week or two weeks, track everything you're eating, find the average number of calories you're eating on a daily basis. And then, you know, assuming that your weight isn't changing right now, like you're not actively losing weight or gaining weight, um, you would subtract anywhere from like three to 500 calories from that number. So like, let's say you, you find your average is like 2000, you would subtract three to 500 calories from that to start with. That's like the very simple, like cut and dry answer. Um, and you know, you'll know that you're in a calorie deficit if you are actively losing weight, it doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. Um, or that it's going to be like a linear process, but like, if you notice over like the next several weeks that your weight is trending downwards, that's a very good indication that you are in a calorie deficit. And like Avery said, that's kind of just like the, the easy answer for this question. Obviously there are like different nuances that kind of play a role in you specifically. Um, you might not be in a position to go into a calorie deficit right now either. So I want to let you know, we have probably 400 episodes (laughs) that have to do with reverse dieting, you know, how to even go into a calorie deficit and what the logistics of that looks like. Um, I highly recommend listening to part two of getting started on a health and fitness journey. If you scroll down in our episodes, part two is all about nutrition. So we do talk more about like how to track and how to determine kind of which route and which avenue you should go in. Um, also recommend listening to our reverse dieting episode. There's definitely a lot of good insight there, but yeah, that what Avery said is pretty simple. If you're maintaining at a good intake and you're ready to go into calorie deficit, that's how you do it. Pretty simple. Cool. So our next question on here is, should you do cardio before or after weights? This is a great question. Um, This is something that I also used to be confused on. I personally think doing cardio after weights is kind of what you should be doing. I think that um, lifting weights and, you know, putting on muscle mass should be your number one priority. And so we want to make sure that we're utilizing our energy and our fuel for that. Um, I assume your answer is the same, Avery. Yes, I definitely would say like, if you yeah. If you have like 20 minutes of cardio to do, do that post 
weight training, um, or even like later in the day or like you could do it like earlier in the day and then come back to weight training. Um, but essentially you want to make sure that like the majority of your fuel that you have in your system. So that pre-workout meal is going towards the, the strength training rather than the cardio. Um, I would say like, I think sometimes people get confused about like what card, I guess, like how they define cardio. So like warming up on the Stairmaster for five to 10 minutes or the treadmill for five to 10 minutes, like, you know, before you, you lift totally fine. Um, but like an extended period of like cardio, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the Stairmaster, definitely post weights. Yes. Love it. Um, okay. Next question on here. Best exercises for growing the booty, growing the glutes. This yeah. is one of my main goals right now. I, I feel like always my goal. <laughs> always, pretty much always. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's, a, there's so many exercises. Um, and I, I could, I could get really into like the, you know, I guess kind of the, Mechanics. like the anatomy, but basically like, I guess really quick crash course, your glutes are made of like, you know, people say glutes, like your butt, right. Made up of three different muscles. So your glute max, which is like the biggest, you know, gluteus maximus, biggest muscle in your glutes, your glute medius, which is kind of like the upper like side chunk. And then your glute minimus, which is like behind those muscles. Um, so basically you want to make sure you're, you're working specifically like the glute max and the glute medius. Um, so and you also want to make sure I'm like going way too much into this. Oh, I love it. You want to make sure you're working your glutes in like the lengthened and shortened position. So like a hip thrust would be like working them in the shortened position. It's the hardest at the top when your glutes are like fully contracted versus like an RDL is the hardest at the bottom when your glutes are fully like stretched and lengthened. So you want to make sure you're doing both of those. Um, but I guess just like rapid fire exercise is definitely some sort of like thrust movement, hip thrust, glute bridge, um, something like that. Glute bridge from the floor, cast glute bridge. Um, and then some sort of like hinge exercise, RDL, deadlift, good morning. Yeah. Uh, I think what's important too, when it comes to just growing any muscle specifically, we actually have a fully dedicated episode to growing the glutes. So if you're really into that, definitely go check that out. But Definitely. Um, just like making sure you're incorporating compound lifts in general yes. so exercises where you're recruiting most multiple muscle groups. Those are going to be the exercises that you're going to be able to lift more weight a lot easier. And you're going to be able to add more weight quicker to these exercises too. So obviously we know when, in order to grow our muscles, we need to be constantly lifting more and more and incorporating progressive overload. Um, so like I said, compound movements are going to be really great for that because you're going to be able to incorporate progressive overload a lot easier than you would in any sort of like isolation movement. Now isolation movements are definitely still important, but yeah, like Avery said, hip thrusts, um, even lunges, squats, those kind of things are going to be really, really great when it comes to growing your booty. And it's, it's good too, to have that consistency. You guys don't don't think that like you need to go and switch it up every time that you're going to do lower body day, like do the same exercises for several weeks at a time. So you can allow yourself to progress in those exercises. Um, and also don't train your glutes five days a week. You need to yeah. make rest day too. Yes. Make sure you're eating enough, eating enough protein. Um, I was going to say one other thing. Oh, one other thing I was going to say is that, I, and this really goes for all, you know, growing any muscle, but like everyone is different in terms of what is going to be the best for them. Like, you know, one person might be like, Oh, I really feel this exercise in my glutes. And, you know, another person might be like, no, it's not really where I feel like the most muscle activation. Um, so, you know, that's also something to kind of experiment with. Um, so just because you see one person doing an exercise, it doesn't mean it's going to like be the best possible exercise for you to do. Um, but yeah, like we said, hip thrusts, squats, lunges like single leg exercises um hinging there's there's so many so definitely experiment with it yay okay so next question we have on here is can you lose weight while pregnant so i'm not sure if this is like a are you wanting to lose weight intentionally or does like do people lose weight while pregnant so there's kind of two different sides of this i mean yes people lose weight while pregnant whether they have morning sickness um you know maybe the loss of appetite those kind of things that's definitely a very very common thing especially that that first trimester when that kind of occurs for most people. 
as far as intentional weight loss while pregnant, um, I think it's very important to make it clear that like during pregnancy, the the main goal is to make sure you're nourishing your body and you're giving your body the nutrients that it needs. Um, Obviously growing a baby takes a lot of energy from your body. And we have a whole episode on nutrition for pregnancy. If you guys are wanting to learn more about that. Um, So I definitely think it's important to emphasize the fact that like pregnancy is not the time to like have your number one goal to be weight loss. Like that's, that's not what it should be. (laughs) Um, But that being said, it definitely can happen, especially if you're somebody who maybe um, you know, you're, the types of foods that you're eating and like the, the amount of, if you're like someone who's constantly in a calorie surplus and you start to kind of focus more on nutrient dense foods and you kind of get closer to maintenance in that first trimester, like it definitely can happen. Um, I've, I've heard of that happening for sure with people, especially when you're like really, really focused on, you know, the quality of your nutrition and things like that. But like I said, I don't think that that should ever be like the main goal for. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I know that there's, um, in terms of like, you know, a healthy amount of weight to gain. Cause obviously you're going to like, at some point in your pregnancy, a lot of times it's not going to be right away because during that, like Alex said, during that first trimester, there's, you know, oftentimes weight loss can happen because of morning sickness or, you know, you're just not able to eat a lot of food or not a lot of food sounds appetizing. Um, but in terms of like kind of projected, this is how much weight to expect to gain. Um, that, can also be different for people depending on like what your starting weight is or more so like your starting body composition. So if you're someone who's like overweight when you you become pregnant, um, I think, you know, the recommended amount that you are kind of aiming to gain or should be expected to gain would be a little bit lower than someone who's maybe at like a healthy body weight or like a little bit leaner. Um, and I know there's like specific do you remember learning about that during yeah, your- it's like it's like 30 to 40 pounds is like pretty common number for people to gain during pregnancy at like a common BMI, which right. I use the BMI scale anyways, but that's kind of what it said in, in terms of um at least with my certification. Yeah, yeah. So I think it would be a little bit lower than that if you are someone who's overweight and then becomes pregnant. Um so that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Um okay, next up, favorite squat proof leggings. We're just diving like I love these, just going just right. all over the board. Pregnancy the leggings. <laughs> um, I definitely think probably my number one are from Vitality, like the cloud cloud leggings or the Ascend leggings. Um, I do really love the um, Alphalete Amplify leggings, but I personally like don't really trust them to be hundred percent squat proof. Um, yeah. I, funny story. I actually wore some Amplify. I think I've, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before. I definitely told all my Instagram stories, but I wore Amplify shorts probably toward the end of second trimester, beginning of third trimester. So they're a little tight on me. Um, I wore some Amplify shorts to the gym and with pregnancy, obviously I'm like, you know, you experience a lot of discharge. So I had to wear a panty liner pretty much every single day. And, um, I was warming up and then I started doing my first set of RDLs and thank God Charlie was there. Um, I bent over and he was like, wow, wow, wow. I can see your panty liner clear as freaking day when you bend over. And those were in the Amplify shorts. So I would say probably not the most squat proof leggings, but they are nice on the booty. They do make the booty look good, but. It's weird because I feel like, and I don't know if it's like the lighting or like what is what, but like, I feel like on some people, they are a lot more squat proof. Like I'll see people. Um, and this is more so on social media. So I'm like, maybe if I was there in person, I'd be like, no, but like, I'll see people wearing like even the lighter colored leggings on like a lower body day doing like RDLs and like, you know, squats and stuff. And I'm like, like, are you sure? Like, I'm like, I don't see anything from where I'm sitting behind my phone, but like, maybe they just don't care. I don't know. But like I said, I was in like the, the beginning of the third trimester. So they were a little tight to begin right, with, right. <laughs> but, um, and I was wearing a white panty liner. So like, it was just kind of easy to see through my black leggings, but, um, I agree with you in terms of the vitality, like cloud leggings. Um, I also, in terms of like more price friendly options, cause those name brands are a little bit more expensive when it comes to leggings. I really like the brand Yogalicious from TJ Maxx. They have like a Yogalicious brand. They're not like the best, uh, I don't know, workout leggings. They're more like comfy leggings, Um, but I have worn them on a lower body day and they are squat proof. They're pretty thick. So that's kind of another option in terms of like cheaper leggings, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. 
Um, okay, next up, kind of going back to like workout stuff, um, opinion on HIT workouts. So H H I I T, high intensity interval training. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with a HIT workout. Like, um, I think a lot of people really prioritize HIT workouts. It's like being like fat burning or like, you know, this is what you have to do to lose weight or like burn fat. Um, and there's really like in the whole fat burn thing, like is not a thing. Um, it, you're not, you're burning calories, which then being in a calorie deficit with, you know, you could be, you could be doing hit workouts every day and still not be in a calorie deficit. Um, so I, I, you know, they're definitely really good for like endurance and stamina and like cardiovascular health for sure. They can be super fun. Um, I don't necessarily think that that should be like the core or like majority of your training, um, unless you're like a CrossFit athlete or something. Um, but I think that a lot of people like do hit workouts and expect to look like people who lift weights. Yes. Like, oh, I will, you know what I mean? And that's, that's just not the case. That's probably not going to happen. Um, it's hard to like implement progressive overload or it's, you would just have to do it in a different way with hit workouts. Yeah. I think kind of like you said, I think a lot of people think like, Oh, high intensity training, that's going to be the quickest way to burn fat. Like you said, um, which you're just, it's, it's essentially cardio. I mean, it's high intensity training and we do know like, yes, the higher intensity, you know, with cardio, you do burn more calories at that given point in time, but the longevity of it, like Avery said, if you're aiming for a body composition with, you know, that quote unquote toned look where somebody has that muscle mass and, you know, they have, I, I would say most people, when they see somebody on Instagram, it's because that person lost weight. Um, so when it comes to like the longevity of continued fat loss, weight training is going to be the best option. And like Avery said, I think hit workouts are fun. Um, they're cool to sprinkle in. If that's like your form of cardio that you enjoy to do, I think that's great. Um, Avery and I always say like, if there's a, a any exercise period that you enjoy doing, that's awesome. Like you should definitely do it. But if you're really focused on building, um, a specific body type, it's, it's most likely going to be built through weight training. And if you want to have a long-term results, weight training is the way to go. Yes. I also, one other thing about, I guess, hit workouts, especially if that's something that like you're doing every day, again, you know, people go to orange theory every day or at 45 or CrossFit, like it is a lot of stress on your body being, like a lot of times high impact. So doing like jumping burpees, box jumps, like stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's something that does place a lot of demands in terms of recovery on your body. So yeah, that's just another thing to consider, um, in terms of like making sure that you're fueling your body well, recovering well, stretching all that stuff. I think it can, um, yeah, it can just be a lot for your body to try to recover from, especially if you're doing it a lot or you know a lot of days in a row for sure awesome well that is our opinion on hit workouts um next question kind of goes with the first one a little bit but what's the fastest way to lose weight um, yeah so like we said in the first question how to be in a calorie deficit so it doesn't like whatever uh, so frequency whatever like however fast you're trying to lose weight you have to be in a caloric deficit um and, you know, I guess the fastest way, like, just to be very honest about this question would to be, would, to, would be to be in a bigger calorie deficit. So, you know, being in like a 700 calorie deficit versus a 300 calorie deficit. Um, yeah. Right. Right. Um, with, you know, creating that calorie deficit with, you know, through cardio and, and food and stuff like that. Um, I do think it's really important to like, with this question, just emphasize the difference between like fat loss and weight loss. Um, so you could lose, you could lose weight very quickly. Um, doesn't necessarily mean, mean that you're losing body fat. Um, you're likely, especially if you're doing things very quickly and like very, in a very extreme manner, um, you likely will lose at least some muscle mass, which is obviously not what, what we want. Um, and I also think it's just really important to remember that if it's, if, if what you're doing is not sustainable long-term, it's going to be so much more likely that you like, you know, end up kind of throwing in the towel, like just 
quitting or like just kind of going back to your old ways, whether it was intentional or not. Um, so Alex said this once on an episode, but actually like the long way is actually the fast way because you're going to end up not having to do it like three, four or five times. And then going to the sustainable way, you're just going in a sustainable way right off the bat. Yeah. I definitely think regardless of where you are at, you know, with how many pounds you have to lose or whatever it may be, um, looking for the fastest way is not, yeah, that's not going to be a good mindset to kind of go into it with. You want to make sure you're doing it the right way, not the fastest way. Um, and, and inevitably, like Avery just said, the right way is the fastest way. Like it's, it, it might seem like it's going to take a lot longer, but in the long run, you're, you're going to be able to stick with it. You're going to be able to sustain it. It's going to be habits that you can build for the rest of your life. Um, which ultimately is going to be the faster way rather than crash diet, gain all the weight back. Plus, um, get really yeah. I feel like shit. Do, do another crash diet. Like I've been there, you guys, I've wasted years and years and years doing that. So just yeah. try to, yeah, try to focus on the best way to lose weight, not the fastest way. Yeah. I saw, um, Jordan site, who's like a pretty big, I don't know, I guess fitness influencer, but like yeah. just yeah. fitness space person, you know, talks a lot about weight loss and all that, all that stuff. And he was kind of saying like, I think someone had asked that question to him in like a question box or something. And he was kind of saying like, who cares? Like, who cares how fast you're losing weight? You know, who cares if this person is losing weight faster than you? Like there's no rush. Like, you know, there's no, and that's why it is, I think in most cases, a lot better to, you know, instead of like, I want to lose weight for this event, or I want to lose weight for summer at this deadline, trying to be more sustainable about like, I want to lose weight just, you know, at a sustainable, healthy rate. Um, because like, who cares if it takes you like a year or two years to like get to the, to the weight you want or look the way you want, because it's like, ultimately those two years are going to pass either way. So like, would you rather spend those two years, like doing what Alex said, where you're just in that cycle of like binging and like restricting and being miserable or like doing things sustainably and actually like maintaining your progress. Yes. And like Avery said, weight loss is not equal to fat loss. Those are two different things. Um, and I would argue if, for most people listening to this, your ideal body is probably not the way you think that it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Next one, kind of similar to what is a realistic timeline for somebody who has 20 pounds to lose? So sustainable weight loss is anywhere from half a pound to up to two pounds a week. I would say more on average about a pound a week. So somewhere in the middle. Um, and that's for somebody who's in like a steady calorie deficit, being really consistent with protocols. Um, that being said, everybody's bodies respond completely different. So that's not like cut and dry. That's just kind of more generic. So if we're thinking, okay, it takes, you know, you, you lose one to two pounds a week. It could take anywhere from 10 to 20 weeks of being in a calorie deficit, maybe even a little bit more too. Yeah. So like several months, four, five months, um, <laughs> it, it could, it could be faster than that. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that that's probably a, re a good realistic timeline, maybe like anywhere from like four to six months. Um, and I will also say like, again, with the kind of the 20 pounds thing, like, you know, let's say you are in a, in a calorie deficit, like those first couple like pounds easily are going to be water weight. So, you know, if you lose five pounds, you might not actually look very different from like five pounds heavier because a lot of that early weight loss is like water loss. Um, so I think that, yeah, I know. I feel like when you, when you ask this question, you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me that long. Like it sounds like a long time, but like 20 pounds of fat is a lot. Like that's yeah. Um, Honestly, like, like you were said, yeah, four to six months. And that's if you're ready to go into a calorie deficit, if you're not ready, add a few more months onto that, because you might need to reverse diet and get to a point where you can successfully go into a calorie deficit. So like we said with the last question, like drop the timelines, like it's, yeah. it's, so much better to not have those. Uh, I mean, it's good to have a goal and aim for like a start. I think that that's totally, you know, good. We talk about smart goals a lot and like having a time frame can be really great. Um, but you want to, you want to be realistic with yourself too. So I think that that's really important. So yeah, anywhere from four to six months, if you're ready to be in a calorie deficit, which I think you're actually like consistent too. Like it's going to take a lot longer if you're not consistent, obviously. Um, another kind of weight loss related question, how to lose weight without getting loose skin. I also feel like stretch marks go into this too, because I feel like I've had a lot of questions about stretch marks. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's kind of, 
I mean, if you have gained a significant amount of weight and your skin has stretched, like that skin might be loose when you lose weight. There might be more visible stretch marks that have occurred, like your skin is stretching. So stretch marks occur. And so then when weight has been lost, you can kind of see those in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, I mean, it's not really like you can't 100% prevent that. Yeah, I think a lot of it is genetic. Um, especially when it comes to stretch marks, because I've talked about this a lot when it comes to being pregnant and I got a lot of stretch marks. Genetics play a role in that um, because it's, you know, more about your skin elasticity. If you have really sensitive skin, I've heard that you're more prone to getting like stretch marks and things like that. Um, hydration plays a role in that too. And then obviously the the um, speed in which the weight is gained, that's obviously like where stretch marks are really kind of, um, and even with loose skin, it, it's kind of all just depend on how much weight you've gained and the speed at which it was gained. I know for me, I didn't have hardly any stretch marks until like week 34 of pregnancy. And that's because my belly dropped, um, uh-huh. got lower into my birth canal. And then also she, the position she was in. So she was kind of like folded in my belly and that's what caused my stomach to protrude more really quickly. And that's what caused a lot of stretch marks within just like literally a two week period of time. Um, but yeah, when it comes to loose skin, um, it's kind of one of those things that like, it, it really is kind of, you play as you go with like genetics and then Um, as you lose weight, there's not like a, I can't tell you right now, like, oh, there's a specific way to lose weight to omit getting loose skin. Like that, if you have loose skin, you're going to have loose skin. Um, but depending on how your body responds and your genetics, like you might not have as much, but there's no specific exercises or way to go into a calorie deficit to avoid having loose skin. Yeah. 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 Uh, Is there anything else you want to add on that? I don't think so. I mean, this is always kind of a hard, like when, when clients ask me that, I'm like, there's not a whole lot you can do like stretch marks, you know, like you can like use different oils and stuff like that. That might help a little bit, but like, there's not really like a magic fix for it. Um, but you know, if you are seeing like more loose skin or like maybe more stretch marks, like it might actually be an indication that like you are losing weight and you're, you know, you're shrinking a little bit. So, um, a lot of times, like, you know, you get, your skin is stretching because you're gaining weight from pregnancy or just weight gain in general. And then if you're losing weight, you're able to kind of see those stretch marks a little bit more prominently or just differently. Um, so it's not necessarily always an indication that like you're continuing to gain weight. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know what, you guys, it's, it is what it is. Um, I think it's so important to like, and I've been learning this on my own. It's so important to just honor what our bodies have been through and like, whether it was from just gaining weight period or being pregnant. Um, it's one of those things that number one, it's probably more common than you would think. Obviously people on social media don't show that a lot. And that's why I've been trying to show more and more of that. But, um, you know, people, it, social media is a highlight reel just because it seems like nobody gets stretch marks or loose skin or anything like that. Like a lot of people do, people just yes. don't want to. Yes. Um, so just know that it's more normal than you think. And it's, it's so important to learn to love yourself and love your body in every stage, because I promise you, like we say this a lot, but you know, so many of us think, Oh, if I just didn't have this, or if I looked this way, I would be so much happier, but it, it has so much more to do with our mindset than it does actually our appearance. Because I can't tell you how many times I look back at a photo and I'm like, wow, I thought I looked fat in this and I hated how I looked in this, but I'm looking back at it now and I'm like, damn, I looked good, but it's because my mindset was not right. It's not because of how I looked at all. Totally. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Next question. Is it true to lose weight? You need to do weights with more reps and less weight on them. So no, um, I guess it's like the short answer to that. Um, you could, I mean, you could lose weight without exercising at all. Um, I don't recommend that method, um, because obviously exercise is so beneficial for so many reasons besides just losing weight. Um, it's just really important for your health. Um, but you know, this person is kind of asking like, you know, when you're trying to lose weight, should you basically be doing higher reps, lower weight versus, higher weight. And did I just say that backwards? You should be doing. No, you said right. Okay. Um, so no, basically, um, you don't really need to switch up your actual weight training that much when you're trying to lose weight or, you know, when you are in a calorie deficit, um, you know, potentially there could be some strength loss that happens through a calorie deficit just because you don't have as much 
as much fuel in your system. Um, you don't have as much fuel to help you recover. Um, so, you know, with less food, you're potentially going to have less energy. Um, so that's something to consider in terms of like the expectation of like, you know, hitting PRs when you're like 12 weeks into a, into a calorie deficit or, you know, being as strong as you were at the peak of like a building phase, um, is probably just not realistic for most people. Um, that being said, like, it's not going to necessarily like aid in weight loss if you're doing high reps, high reps. Yeah. So what would you recommend for, and I know that, you know, it's probably pretty similar for most clients that we work with in terms of like rep ranges and like, you know, weights, I would say, you know, in general, obviously we want you to be able to lift as much as you can lift. Like that's the the biggest thing. So like if, if an exercise is easy and you're banging out 20 reps, it is not heavy enough for you. Um, but what would you say is like kind of more of a ideal rep range for somebody in general? Um, I mean, I don't think it really needs to vary that much between someone who's, who's trying to lose weight versus not lose weight. Um, and it also depends on like kind of goals beyond that. I would say, I guess focusing on this question specifically with like, you know, what should your workouts look like when you are in a deficit, really the goal of those workouts should be, you know, to, to maintain as much muscle as possible. Um, it is, it's really not realistic for you to expect to gain a significant amount of muscle, if any, during a calorie deficit, especially if you're someone who's already pretty lean, who's already been working out for a while, that kind of body recomp of doing uh, fat loss and muscle gain at the same time is pretty unrealistic for most people. Um, so I would say, you know, I guess anywhere from like six to 12, 15 reps. Yeah. Um, which is a really big range, but like, I wouldn't expect you to be doing, you know, your first exercise when you're doing maybe like deadlifts or something, I wouldn't probably advise you to do like 15 reps of a deadlift and then also do 15 reps of like, you know, seated hip abductions, uh, just because they're different goals, different, like where, how you're structuring your workout. So you can still structure your workout in the same manner where, you know, those heavy, heavier compound movements that are more taxing are going to be in the beginning of your workout. And then, um, you know, more of those like burnout, um, accessory isolation exercises towards the end, um, you still want basically a variety of rep ranges. So, sure. and then yeah. it goes for anything. Yeah. And that's, if you guys wanted to learn more about like exercises in general, part one of how to, uh, beginner's guide of a health and fitness journey. That's what that's focused on is more the workout side. Part two is the nutrition side. Yeah. Um, like I said, I feel like every session we have like a full blown episode on, which is really cool for anybody asking these questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know these, these, the like Q and A's are always a good place of like, here's a little snippet of what you're asking, but if you want more, you know, here, here you go. Here's an hour of us talking about it. Um, okay. Next. Oh, sorry. I was going ahead already. Is it safe to work out while pregnant with no prior history of working out? We have an episode on this. <laughs> Um, yes, it is. It, I, I think that's something that a lot of people are scared to do. Like, oh my God, I've never worked out before. Now I'm pregnant. And they, you know, they say, if you didn't do it before, you shouldn't do it while you're pregnant. Now that's not to say like, oh, I've never worked out a day in my life and now I'm pregnant and I'm going to go work out seven days a week and do high intensity training and do a bunch of, you know, super heavy lifting. Like it's definitely one of those things you want to ease into for sure. Um, I always say when it comes to pregnancy and working out, you are the best person to judge what's going on. Because if something feels uncomfy or you're a little bit like, eh, I don't know about that. Like you're the one to make that call because there are people who literally don't tra- change a single thing throughout their whole entire pregnancy. Yeah, um, I really didn't change all that much to be completely honest until the very, very end. Um, but then there's going to be there freaking like outlifting. She was in there like outlifting me at pregnant. And I was like, oh man, I need to step it up. Like, <laughs> no, but pregnant, it's pregnancy is not a disability. It is I not a that. disability. I love, I said that to you like so many different times. Yeah. Like, Do you want me to get <laughs> that? Like, yeah, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> Let me grab this for you. No. Um, but yeah, I definitely think obviously it's going to vary from person to person, but you are going to be the best person to judge that. Um, I definitely think when it comes to pregnancy and working out, like I said, we do have an episode on this. So definitely go check it out if you're pregnant and you're wanting to learn more, but you can definitely begin to work out while pregnant. I always say pregnancy is the best time, in my opinion, to focus on your health. It's the most important time to ever focus on your health because it's not only your health that you're taking into consideration at that point in time. You're also 
exercising for the benefit of your child. Um, so, and for the benefit of your postpartum recovery, which I can personally say that exercising while pregnant has helped me so, so much. Like, I feel like I could literally go freaking deadlift right now, but I shouldn't, because I know that that's probably not right this, this early postpartum, but like, it's one of those things that, um, like I said, you're going to be the best person to judge that. Um, I definitely don't think, like I said, if you're going to start exercising, I would kind of maybe avoid higher intensity workouts and maybe just ease into like more weightlifting things that are going to be a little bit easier on your body. Maybe start with just a couple days a week and adding in some walking and then add from there if you feel good enough to do that, but you're going to be the best judge. Yes. Um, and I think especially if you're someone who like has never really exercised formally before, um, you know, hiring a coach or hiring a personal trainer, hiring someone who, um, is like specializes in working with women who are pregnant, I think would also be a really good idea. Even if you don't work with them through your whole pregnancy, just maybe a couple of sessions with them to kind of make sure that your form is, is good. Make sure you're not at risk of injuring yourself, kind of teaching you a little bit about like the basics. Um, I mean, a good rule of thumb when it comes to like working out when pregnant, Alex pretty much said this already, but whatever you're doing prior, you can pretty much keep doing. You will at some point probably have to modify at least some things just with kind of what's safe, what feels comfortable, et cetera. Um, but definitely, even if you've like never exercised before, you absolutely can exercise while pregnant. Um, it might look different from what someone has, if someone's been lifting for years, it's probably going to look different from what their workouts look like while pregnant, but yes, Yes, you can. And yes, you should basically. Yes. And if you're looking for a coach, <clears throat> Avery and I are both pre and post certified. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Should I adjust my workouts with my period? I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Cause I feel yeah. like I, more about this I, I've really been meaning to post about this for so long on my, on my Instagram. And it's something that like, it's hard to even encapsulate like every, like with one Instagram post or a reel or something, but, um, I mean, short answer, like you definitely don't have to, um, I, there's kind of this, I I don't know if I guess trend maybe isn't the right word, but there's, there has been, I guess, more conversations, I think on social media about cycle syncing, like changing your diet around your cycle, changing your workouts around your cycle. And that I'm not trying to like, say that that's a bad idea by any means. Um, I think just with kind of what the, what we specialize in like strength training, gaining muscle, um, I would not like just straight up not lift weights on your period. I think rather than adjusting your workouts in terms of like, you know, when I'm in this phase of my cycle or when I'm on my period, I only do yoga and walking. Um, I I'd say rather than doing that, maybe just adjust your expectations of what that workout might look or feel like. So, you know, if you have what you should have, like, you know, a program that you're following, so you're doing the same workouts consistently for, you know, several weeks to months, um, rather than just saying, okay, I'm just not going to I'm not going to strength train at all in my period, you know, maybe just going in saying, okay, um, I'm on my period. So I probably won't feel quite as strong, quite as, you know, maybe not as motivated. Um, so this probably isn't the week to really push myself super, super hard or expect myself to add a bunch of weight or, or hit a PR or something like that. Um, I also think it's important to not necessarily set yourself up to like, not push yourself on your period. Like, Um, there might be one month where you feel totally fine and you feel like, yeah, like I don't really have to change anything. I can hit all the same weights. I can still push myself. And then maybe the next month you feel like, oh, this one is really hitting me really hard. I'm getting really bad cramps. I just feel like crap. I don't feel good mentally. And so maybe that week you kind of just allow yourself to be a little bit easier on yourself with like the weights you're using or how hard you're pushing yourself. Um, so just like really meeting, meeting yourself where you're at, um, And then one other thing with this, just really quick, is I think that also realizing that like if your period is like so debilitating where like you can't make it to the gym or you're in like severe pain, like you, it's really debilitating, that is probably a pretty good indication that there's some something else underlying that should be addressed, whether it's like a hormonal imbalance um, or I mean, probably something like that, some sort of hormonal imbalance going on. Um, You're... You, I don't have you read beyond the pill. I think you read that. Maybe I not. haven't, I haven't, but I bought it. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you basically read it. Um, but beyond the pill, which is basically like a, a, a book about birth control and, and all that, the, the author of that book, she kind of says, you know, a woman's menstrual cycle and a woman's period is like another vital sign. Um, so if there's something, you know, if you have like some, severe cramping, really heavy bleeding, like extreme PMS kind of of any form, 
it's very common, but it's not something that's normal. It's not something that should be happening. Um, you know, we are on our period a lot of like 25% of our life. We're freaking bleeding. <laughs> crazy. Isn't it crazy to think about? Like I, sometimes I think like women are just kind of bleeding and like, it's just normal. Like, it's just like, yeah, like I'm just bleeding and I have to deal with this. And like, it's, yeah, you had pregnancy and all of that, right. and, like, it's, and all that. I'm like, damn. yeah like it's whatever like it's just what we do you know um but considering like how you know we do get our period or should be getting your period regularly for a big big chunk of your life um you should still be able to like live your life on your period yeah yeah Yeah. like you said like the those crazy symptoms of having a super bad period those aren't normal but they're common so many right. people think like, oh, well, other people deal with this. So that's like, it must be normal, but it's not normal. It's common, not normal. Right. Right. So hopefully that answers very extensive. Yes. Answer. Yeah. Short, short answer. No, you shouldn't adjust your workouts, but be aware of your cycle and know like, Hey, if you're feeling low energy, this is why, and, and still try to push yourself as much as you can, but being aware is probably the best thing just yes. to know. Yeah. Me, that's a very, that's a good listen to your body type situation. Um, And also I think just, you know, not using your period as an excuse to like not take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, anyway. Um, Okay. We're last couple questions, guys. We're almost there. Um, What supplements are good to take? Which is another kind of loaded question. We do also have a full episode on this Um, kind of going into like, you know, the most kind of popular common supplements. Um, Do you want to kick it off since I just like talked for five minutes straight? Yeah. So, and when it comes to each individual person, supplements are going to depend on, on what you need to supplement into your diet. Um, you do not need supplements to get from point A to point B. Absolutely do not need them. They can help enhance your progress. They can maybe make it a little bit easier to get to the, you know, whatever your goals are, but they are not necessary. I want to make that very clear. Supplements can be really expensive. And I think it's super easy to hop on Instagram and see your favorite influencer taking a certain supplement and think, wow, I need to take that. You do not need to take supplements. Um, but like I said, they can kind of enhance that progress for you, especially if it's something that you specifically do need. So, um, I think it's like Avery said, kind of going through like the rundown of kind of the more common ones, I would say protein powder is probably the most common supplement. Um, if you're somebody who is lacking protein in your diet and you need a little bit of help, that could be a great supplement for you. I know that I take protein powder. Avery takes protein powder. Um, it can be nice to add into things if you need it. Um, pre-workout is a very common supplement. Again, um, Avery and I have said this very, very many times. Pre-workout is one of those things that can be great if you have low energy for a workout, but always try to address the real issues going on before you just rely on a supplement. So I know Avery's really, really big on making sure that you're prioritizing a really good pre-workout meal. And oftentimes you'll notice that if you are fueling your body properly, you probably do not need to take actual pre-workout. Um, but again, it is there to supplement on the days where maybe you are feeling low energy and you do need that little kind of pick me up. Yeah. Um, other common ones, greens powders. We've talked about this in the episode before. Um, Definitely one of those supplements I think a lot of people push out there. It can have benefits for somebody. It also might not. It's one of those things, you guys, with supplements in general, we've always said, like, take it for a month, see if it makes a difference for you. And if it does, great. It might not make a difference for everybody. Um, But it's also important to know that, like, a supplement is not going to fix all of your problems. You're not going to be able to take a, a greens powder and be like, wow, my digestion is great now. I'm not bloated anymore because of this greens powder. Like, Try to address the real issues first on maybe why are you bloated so commonly? Why do you need to take this supplement? Because oftentimes a supplement is going to make a really, really small difference. It's not going to be a huge difference. Um, Also creatine, which is like, I would say definitely if you're going to take a supplement, that's probably a good one to start off with. Um, It's just the most studied, like science-backed supplement. Um, just to help with recovery, muscle growth, um, like strength in the gym. Um, I think a lot also, I mean, I think when people say supplements, they mean, you know, a lot of those things we listed, but also just like vitamins, I think can be really like magnesium, vitamin D, omega-3, things that like majority of humans are lacking just because of like our, the nutrients in our food. Um, just kind of the standard like American diet is lacking in a lot of things. So that would be also like just a multivitamin, high quality multivitamin. Um, you know, if you're pregnant, taking a prenatal vitamin, um, because you know, even you might be eating a really 
quote unquote healthy diet, but you know, maybe you're someone who doesn't eat red meat. And so you might be a little bit short on iron, or maybe you live in the Pacific Northwest and you never see the sun except for three months out of the year. And so you're lacking in vitamin D. Um, And and especially too, if you're somebody who's like in a deep in a calorie deficit, obviously you're getting less vitamins and minerals through food because you're eating less food. So even I've even like heard of people taking prenatals, just being in a calorie deficit because prenatals are essentially like a daily vitamin on steroids. There's just so much more in it. Um, so that's something to keep in mind too, depending on what your calorie intake is, the more nutrients you might need to. I would say in terms of the more, like the more like fitness supplements, so like the creatine protein powder, like BCAA stuff like that. Um, which I, I really think most of them you can skip. Um, I would say like, make sure that you're kind of addressing like the low hanging fruit first. So like before you start taking creatine, like make sure you're eating enough protein on a daily basis and strength training and, um, you know, getting enough sleep and stuff like that. Or like, if you are thinking about taking a pre-workout supplement, like are you getting enough sleep? Maybe you already are drinking a ton of caffeine throughout the day. Um, maybe you're like working out seven days in a row and that's why your workouts are really shitty. So, um, you know, I guess also asking yourself like, why am I taking this? Like, you know, like I said, not definitely by no means necessary. Um, they're not going to be the magic pill that you take to get you to your goals. It's going to be hard work following your diet, exercise. Yeah. Those are the things that are going to get you to your goal. So, all right. Is it better to work out in a gym versus at home? I mean, there's really no better. There's yeah. no better or worse. I mean, if you have extremely limited equipment at home, like it's probably going to be better to get yourself to a gym, especially at a certain point, you might kind of max out the weights that you have. Um, I think a lot of times like, Oh, working out at home can be a really good first step, especially if you've maybe haven't really worked out in a gym before you are just getting into things. Maybe you feel really anxious going to a gym. And so it's just more realistic for you to work out at home. Um, but there's also a ton of people, I feel like more and more people who have like pretty home gym gym setups like barbell rack or a squat rack barbells plates dumbbells so like you can make plenty of progress working out from home um there's going to be less variety and you might have to get a little bit more creative um so that's just something to consider but I think ultimately which one are you going to be able to be more consistent with yeah that's I was going to say there's no better or worse it's just which one can you yeah I know for me like I sometimes I work out from home but also sometimes it's hard for me mentally to work out from home because I'm 700 other things I could be doing right now. Um, so yeah, just whatever works best for you. Yeah. All right. What does metabolic restoration mean that we have this in our bio and I'm assuming that's where the question came from. Um, cause this is something that we say we specialize in. I we've kind of coined that as like our specialty with clients that we work with. I would say almost every single client that we work with goes through some sort of metabolic restoration with us. Um, essentially what this means is restoring your metabolism. So we've said this on many episodes before, but the cool thing about having a metabolism is it isn't concrete. You just, because you have a quote unquote slow metabolism doesn't mean that you're stuck with that. Um, just because you have a quote unquote fast metabolism doesn't mean you're stuck with that. It is something that is fluid. It can change depending on several factors that kind of play a role, but something that we specialize in is that metabolic restoration. So helping somebody optimize their metabolism. Um, and along with that is going to create more just sustainable habits for them to be able to stay consistent with, because if you have a really optimized metabolism, you're going to be able to eat more food. You're going to have more freedom within your diet. It's going to be a lot easier to stick with. You're going to feel better. Um, there's a lot of really great things that kind of go along with that. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. I mean, I think most of the time that this term is used kind of in context with a reverse diet. So if someone comes to us and they're eating 1400 calories and they really want to lose weight and they haven't been able to, you know, we might have to take them through a reverse diet in order to, um, you know, restore their metabolism to functioning well, better functioning well. Um, meaning that, you know, their metabolism would speed up through the process of reverse dieting and kind of adapt to a higher calorie intake. So that when they do go eventually go into a fat loss phase, their metabolism and their body is a lot more responsive to fat loss efforts. Yes. All right. Last question. How much water should I be drinking each day? So, I mean, that also depends on you. I mean, I think a lot of, there's a lot of things out there. It's like gallon a day, which it's a lot of water. Um, a gallon a day is a lot of water. Um, I think most people are probably not drinking enough water. So, 
I would say like just general rule of thumb, like if you can aim for like a hundred ounces to a gallon, which I think a gallon is 124 ounces. Is that 128? 128. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. That um, <laughs> I really thought it was one. Okay. That's okay. Good. How many ounces are in a gallon? 128. Okay. 128. Okay. This is good learning opportunity. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily think a gallon is necessary for everyone. Um, it's a general rule. Yeah. Yeah. General rule. I would say like a hundred ounces ish, hundred ounces plus. Um, it's hard to drink too much water. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Most people are not having that problem. Right. Um, but I also would say with this, like ease into it. If you're someone who's like, I drink 20 ounces of water a day, I drink a glass of water at dinner and that's it. Like ease into it, like get yourself a reusable water bottle, try to have one throughout the day. And then, you know, the next week, try to have two throughout the day. And then, you know, so yeah, something that I love to tell my clients is judge by what your urine looks like. I think this yes. is a really great way to know because it is, it's ultimately going to be different for each person. It's not like a gallon or a hundred ounces is like a magic number for every single person. Um, but what we want to aim for is our urine to be a pale yellow. We don't want it to be yellow. We don't want it to be clear. You want it to be kind of more of like a pale yellow, almost clear, but you want there to be a little bit of color to it. And that's a great way to know. And that's something that I kind of do. I don't really have like a specific water goal anymore. I'm more like, Oh, wow. Looks like I need a little bit more water. And then I'll go chug some water. <laughs> um, and then also another thing to keep in mind is just making sure that your sodium intake is still high if you're drinking a lot of water. That's really important too. So a lot of people just really just focus on like drinking a ton of water and then they're not having, they're not replenishing their electrolytes and sodium. And so they, because when you sweat and when you pee and you lose water, you're not just losing straight up water. Like you also, there's salt in that. So yes. you want to replenish that because at some point drinking too much water is literally not doing anything for you. Yeah. Um, cool. That sounds good. You guys, well, we just wrap that all up. It was a long one. Sorry about that. Um, but yes, we love these episodes. So we'll definitely continue to do these every month or two. So, um, definitely whenever we post them on our stories, make sure you save your questions up. You can always just ask us on the DMS too, if you have specific questions, because we probably have an episode for it. So if you're ever curious about something, just let us know anything else you want to add. I don't think so. Happy to be back on the podcast though. Yep. That sounds good. You guys, I'm not having another baby for a while, so we will <laughs> see you next week. Um, awesome. You guys will have a great freaking weekend and we will see you next time.